When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, I'm Megan. And I'm Sierra. Welcome back to According To. For this week's episode, we are going to be talking about something that's actually been pretty highly requested. We asked for episode episode ideas on Instagram, and a lot of people have been saying talk about health, fitness, sort of like our diet kind of A lot of people mentioned that their favorite podcast that we've done was the pros and cons about body positivity, which was slightly more science-y related. It's not super science-y, like this isn't a science podcast. But me and Sierra are definitely passionate about, about this kind of stuff, and so I'm really excited to do this podcast. I think it's a fun topic. I think that I've got a lot of information, stuff that I just want to share with you guys and kind of, you know, give you guys our opinion on stuff, and, like, that's what this whole podcast is going to be about. I think that this is going to be a slightly different route than what some people were expecting for this kind of episode. Yeah, We're not I just was going to be... Sorry to cut you off. Doing I was one... <laughs> you, you go, can, I guess. Okay, I was... I was wondering if people, like, do you think people will be expecting us to say one thing and for us to follow within a certain category, whereas, like, do you think they're going to be surprised with what we're saying? And I don't want to, like, give away, like, our sides yet just because, like, we're not in the episode yet. I just, like, want to know. No, I think that if people have watched our videos on our Megan and Sierra channel, they're probably pretty familiar with our mindset, our mindset of what we think. But before we get started, we are going to start with our weekly spotlights. So I'll go ahead and go first. My weekly spotlight was pretty simple. My weekly spotlight is simply that we, or I made a checklist for things I wanted to get done this week, and it's only Tuesday when we're recording this. And I have finished more than half the things on my full week of to-dos. Like, I've just been way more at it than I thought I was going to be. I've been surprisingly productive, and so feeling pretty good. My weekly spotlight is actually kind of related to this episode, but Megan and I just got a new gym membership. Why did I not even think of that? Basically, since I know some people might be confused why we got a gym membership, we have a gym membership like that we use in Iowa City. That's just the campus rec center because that's included in tuition, whatever. Um, But Megan and I thought we would be in Iowa City more this summer, but turns out our dad is getting surgery, and so Megan and I are going to be in Des Moines to kind of help, like, He's not going to be able to drive and stuff, so we're just going to be here. Like, not really, like, taking care of him, but just, like, helping him. Like, we just, like, don't know when we're going to be needed, so we're, like, just staying in the area. So, uh, we didn't have a gym membership in Des Moines because we've canceled our previous memberships, not thinking we would use them again. So, we kind of splurged. We're using the same gym membership that Maggie has. It's a much nicer gym than what we have previously been at. So, we've gone twice already, and it's a very nice facility um, so that's been exciting. You bringing that, that up as your weekly spotlight really helps me realize how difficult it is for me to think of these weekly spotlights because I completely blanked on that even happening. And I feel like every time I've like tried to think of like weekly spot, spotlights, I'm like, I don't I know what I did like the past week. So I need to be better. I know because my weekly spotlights are boring, <laughs> but no, they're great. We love them. Thank you. Sierra's here to give you good weekly spotlights and I'll just give you really boring ones that are like the same. We're going to jump into the episode. We tried to organize this 
as best as we could. I hope we don't just like go on random tangents. Like to a certain extent, like that's okay. That's what the podcast is for. But I want to feel like you guys are actually getting something from the conversation, like what we're bringing forward. So we try to organize it and hopefully that works out. Just know that when Megan and I like think of these ideas, we like go back and forth so well and we come up with like great concepts. And then when we're planning it out, I feel like we don't always hit everything that we've talked about just like when we're talking yeah. about it whatever so this might still be a little bit scatterbrained but because we want to make sure if we've thought of something while coming up with the episode that we want to like include that even if we like didn't put oh. it in like our little notes or whatever I also want to before we like really get in say that we are not experts I would say that I'm like fairly educated in what we're about to talk about and I feel knowledgeable enough to be saying what I'm going to say but we are not personal trainers we are not nutritionists, dietitians, nothing like that. So obviously I'm not trying to come across as an expert, but I feel like we still can give you guys information that, like I feel like we're more knowledgeable than like the general public on some of these things. So let's get into it. So we've decided to break this up into maybe kind of diet focused in the beginning, like food stuff. And then also we're going to do the second half as exercise and fitness, because I feel like those are really like the two big things when you're thinking about health and that's kind of like what this podcast is about is like what does it mean to be healthy what makes someone healthy and we wanted to start off by talking about social media like you see so much about diets what different influencers are following eating exercise like that stuff is everywhere and so we wanted to start by talking about that so obviously when you follow some sort of like fitness or healthy influencer you follow them for ideas for either how to like stay healthy and motivated, what kind of meals do they make that you can potentially follow, what kind of workouts do they do that you can follow. And I get that, and that's helpful to a certain extent. But I also think that it can kind of trap you into thinking like what they're doing is the only way to get healthy or to like achieve this person's body. Yeah. Um, Something that me and Sierra have noticed more and more, it's becoming more popular, is food combining So obviously after hearing a lot about this, I didn't really know what it was talking about. So me and Sierra both started looking at what it was more just to like see what it was talking about. And I'll be honest, I'm not so sure how I feel about it. I really don't think it sounds very like real. Like I just don't think it like has evidence to back it up. So from the brief amount that I've looked into this, I'm pretty sure it was started by someone of the name Kenzie Burke. And, like, I haven't looked into her. I don't even know who she is. But, like, I've seen people comment on YouTubers' videos of, like, people that have done food combining saying, like, Kenzie Burke is not a registered dietitian or a nutritionist. And, like, there's no scientific claims to back up what she's supporting. And What more so bothers me about that then is obviously people can eat how they want. She could do this food combining thing if that's what she wants to call it. But, and again, I think most of the foods that she's eating, like, let's say they're healthy. Like, it's not, it doesn't appear to be a bad diet or anything, but she is selling this as an idea of it's better or superior, and it's really probably not even her fault. Like, people are the ones buying it. Like, people are saying, for some reason, they think she has evidence or stuff to back up these claims, even though she doesn't, and so they're the ones buying her meal plans or programs. I just, like, don't really... I don't really believe it. From what I can gather, the premise is based on certain foods should be combined with other foods in order for you to, like, best digest them or something. I don't know. But I don't think that even makes any sense because, like, 
from every class I've ever taken, like your body registers foods as like fats, proteins, carbs, whatever. Like it. it doesn't as far as I'm like as far as I'm aware, I don't think it's like this fat is with a carb, so like this is worse than if it was like a fat with a protein or whatever. Like and other people have said like there's no evidence to back this up. So I'd obviously be curious to see if there's like any research that has been done to see if like foods being eaten with other foods has any like grand scheme like if it's like a little difference like I'm sorry that doesn't matter yeah I think with having like social media people starting to pick this diet up not that I think it's harmful I just think that a lot of people start getting unnecessarily like curious about it and like wanting to do it when there's not really like a reason for them to be interested in it other than it's like picking up speed and like or picking up steam not speed and they're just like oh like I've heard of food combining like I kind of want to try it which I think is like the whole that like that is like the, the definition whole, like, diet thing. that is the definition of a fad diet you hear about it and then you hear people raving about it and then you're like you know I'm gonna try you know, it, it doesn't myself. work and then it doesn't work because I guess yeah this is like the main part of like the diet talk for this podcast that I wanted to get across was that diets don't work like it's as simple as that I don't think any dietitian recommends a strict specific diet anymore besides intuitive eating but diets are restrictive whether it's like a specific way you're eating not necessarily like I it's think different, different kinds like, of diets there's it's a difference between like let's say you're vegan and you just like don't or eat like you're doing foods. like a Mediterranean diet or, or you know that's different those do work I mean just by them being diets and restricting certain foods like they are restrictive versus like it's not like you're starting a Weight Watchers I don't know like specific diets but (laughs) it's not like I'm eating this meal this time or like I'm just like eating less calories where you're like restricting in that sense but either way like those not necessarily don't work I feel like the Mediterranean or vegan diets those can work especially for a select group of people but the restricted you're not allowed to eat like, foods that you like. Like, there's no desserts or anything. Like, people or, completely cut out sugars. Like, that's when I think those don't work. And that's when you end up relapsing. And that's when, you know, it didn't work. And so you lose any progress that you thought you were making. And then you feel, like, bad because you failed. And, like, the diet itself wasn't bad. But because it's not sustainable, you're not getting anywhere. And along with that, I think that something else Megan and I are not really big fans of, and, like, again, everyone else is different. Some people live by, like, counting their macros and micros, or I don't think a lot of people, like, say counting calories is good. I think, like, in general, that's Most not Most people are starting to be like, yeah, thing. don't do that. But many people say, like, instead of counting calories, count your macros, which I get, like, you know, knowing your protein, carbs, fats, that's important. But I think that if you have an already healthy relationship with food, like, in my... In the back of my head, I've considered, like, you know, what if I tried counting, like, macros just to, like, see where I fit, like, within, like, like, what should I, like, what I should be doing or whatever. But then, like, I get worried that if I start doing that, then I'm going to, like, get it in my head being, like, oh, like, this is too many macros or, like, I'm eating more than I should be. Because, like, you don't ever unlearn. Like, once you learn your macros, you don't unlearn them. Yeah. So even if you're, like, not actually counting your macros anymore, it's still, like, in the back of your mind, like, "Mm, this would be over, like, my macros if I was counting them. Yeah, Sierra and I have never, we've never counted calories, we've never counted macros, we've never been on any specific diet, 
it can the word it, itself just bothers me. My whole life, I've never restricted myself from any food whatsoever. Obviously, if I like were to be allergic, then like no, I'm not going to eat that food. But I don't have any food allergies. My point is that for me personally, not putting an excessive amount of focus on my food or my diet has been what's worked best for me. And obviously, like what works for us is not going to be what works for everyone. I understand the idea of having like the mindset that you need to change something about the way that you're eating and come up with a plan. And like in some cases, that means that you like can't just intuitively eat. That means you need to maybe meal prep. But I think that in some ways, if you just like meal prep or like plan out the foods you're going to make, that can still count as intuitive eating because you're not trying to like restrict certain foods. You're just like mindfully saying like, this is what I'm going to eat. Well, I was actually thinking of when we were planning this episode was that we say we intuitively eat and I think that's what I would recommend for everyone else to do but obviously there is still a component of genetics where like what can one person get away with versus like another person like can't get away with doing that and I feel like it all comes down to you have to eat intuitively but that is going to vary like how much you need to focus on eating healthier versus what can you have in moderation and that's going to vary like Sierra and I like the reason we don't like doing what I eat in a day or like because we get asked, asked that us. a lot and I have to, at times like thought maybe like I never want to lie to you guys that's not my intent so like I would never make a video where I'm like straight up just not showing you guys what I would eat in a day but a lot of people that do those videos are either lying to you which I would not be surprised or they're showing you like their day where they eat like the healthiest and so just be aware of that me and Sierra eat okay I'm like definitely not saying that it's like my strong suit I don't eat like super super horrible but I also don't eat like the healthiest person ever so I probably eat like what a normal teenager eats if that makes sense um like I just kind of go with the flow I try to eat healthy when I can I think but I don't always do great Maggie and I's biggest struggle when it comes to food is that we are pretty lenient when we're like oh I kind of want Chick-fil-a like we allow ourselves to go out to eat like more often than we probably should but then like when we have dinner and we make our own food we, like, for the most part, have, like, a couple of recipes that we deem pretty healthy, and that's, like, a whole other thing where people, like, always argue, is this healthy or is it not healthy? Don't think too deep into it, guys. If you would, like, look at that and say, like, oh, that's pretty healthy, it's probably healthy enough. It's probably just fine. And, so, like, because that can be really, like, damaging, too, is, like, you think you're eating healthier. Like, people get too drawn into, like, the best diet you they could possibly bread? have, whereas, like, you need to celebrate the little things. Say... I ate, like, when we were at the lake for the past week, I was eating, like, sandwiches for lunch with, like, some grapes, and, like, that's not the, like, it wasn't a salad or anything, but it was pretty good. I wasn't going out to eat, and I was like, you know what? I feel good about what I'm eating right now. I don't like, feel me, like that's I... that's a health win. Yeah. It's not garbage, or, like, I eat pasta a lot, because I like pasta, and I put vegetables in it. It's one of my favorite ways to, like, get vegetables in, because I don't like vegetables that much, and I think that's fine. Like, pasta, in my opinion is good but some people are like carbs bad like that's way too much carbs don't eat carbs and I think that once you start getting it to like the that point like the nitty-gritty where people are going to say one thing and then someone else is going to say oh, something else like, eggs are bad for like, you like who are you supposed to believe or you just saying that like made me think of something else that I actually like, didn't so I don't know if you guys have watched the documentary what the health but there's one stat in there that's something it says something like eating one egg it's a vegan documentary by the way it's like one egg is equivalent to eating like this many cigarettes. And eating I was like, cigarettes? I meant smoking cigarettes. <laughs> but when I heard that, I was like, well, that just doesn't no sound way. right. 
Um, so I want to tell you like my experience, like watching this documentary, what I got from it and like give you guys some information that I think will be beneficial. And this is just one example of how facts can be twisted into whoever's like biased opinion they want it to fit. So I consider myself to be pretty knowledgeable. I knew going into this documentary that it was made by vegans. They are promoting by vegans for vegans. I'm just they're kidding. promoting veganism, which I'm obviously not. And so I was like, I need to take that into consideration. But I also knew they weren't just going to like throw studies out that like they didn't have evidence to back up what they were saying. And so I was watching this documentary, knowing to second guess everything they're saying, or at least like you're going to have to like double check this stuff. But I'll admit, when I was watching that documentary, I was like, these facts were scary. Like, they said things that I was like, I didn't know, like, that eating meat was, like, increasing my risk of cancer this much. Like, just stuff that I don't remember the actual statistics. But, like, it was insane. And I, like, left the documentary being, like, I need to look at this more. And I, like, it drew me in more than I thought it would, which is, like, the power of, like, a good documentary. But I have the knowledge to know that I needed to, like, not just listen to that documentary and go look at things more. And so what I found out, there's a difference between absolute and relative risk. And so, for example, this isn't like a stat that like exactly says, because I don't remember the exact stat that it says. So I'm just going to like use this for an example. In the documentary, it says something like you're eating meat will, this is a very generic stat that I'm throwing out that is fake, by the way. Eating meat will increase your risk of cancer by 20%. So I listened to that statistic and I was like, that's a lot, like just from eating meat or whatever it was. But I was like, that's a huge increase that like kind of scared me. And then I looked it up and there was a whole article actually like kind of saying how they really do word the stats in a way that like best suits their documentary. But what it actually meant was that was given in a relative risk scenario or relative probability, I think is actually what I meant. Um, Whereas the actual probability Here's what that means. Let's say originally five out of 100 people that didn't eat meat get cancer. So five out of 100. And then people that, let's say the people start eating meat now. Six out of 100 people now get cancer. You're probably wondering, where's the 20% increase at? Because only one other person got cancer, right? Probably not even statistically significant in that case. The increase is that one, it went from five to six, which is one more person. And one is 20% of five, like the five original. Therefore, it was a 20% increase in your risk of cancer. That is what that meant. And so I think it just goes to show that now any statistic that they said in that documentary to me becomes less like trustworthy. It really breaks down their argument into being like they didn't have much to pull from then if like that's how they had to word their statistics. So that's like a little tangent just to show that not everything, like you can't trust everything. Things can be worded in a million different ways and not technically be wrong. So if you watched What the Health and you were concerned, maybe do some more digging. But if you're interested, I still would recommend it because it's interesting. Just get another perspective. Like I didn't mind watching the documentary. I thought it was interesting, but it did not convert me to being a vegan or anything. But I thought it was interesting to see what they would argue Versus, like, what I thought, but I don't, like, their way they present their statistics are a little shady, and so just go into it with knowing that. Yeah, that was actually very interesting. I think that just also highlights how everything you see on the internet, like, related to everything, obviously, but, like, specifically since we're talking about, like, uh, diets and health and stuff, like, things are put on the internet, like, with 
an intention to persuade you to follow their certain like diet or fad and you need to keep that in mind because they're trying to quote unquote sell you something yeah like I think it's so interesting to look at stuff like this because when people fall into a certain diet and like they start following that diet whether it's keto vegan whatever it is like they believe in it like they want to tell other people about it they throw evidence out that supports that but evidence that supports one diet doesn't ruin evidence that supports another diet I've watched Dr. Mike on YouTube has done a lot of videos where he kind of critiques a diet or like what he thinks about it and he presents a fairly unbiased opinion in my opinion (laughs) and so I'd recommend it I think he does a good job is not biased because I'm just kidding um but I think he does a good job of presenting people with information but like he doesn't say that one diet's wrong he will say like he even said i think that like veganism is a good diet there's evidence to support it especially if it's plant-based like you can't go wrong with it but there's also evidence to support that eating meat can be beneficial and that there's you know it's not like all negative like what the health was making it seem where you're literally going to die um if you do things in moderation there was actually not that much of an increased risk like what the health was making it seem and again at the end of the day like satisfaction comes into play Do you like eating meat? Do you like eating chicken nuggets? I personally do. (laughs) I would like to have that in my life. Like, one of my favorite foods is chicken. I like it. So I think just when you're making those kinds of decisions, you have to weigh the actual risk, which was not very high, like what the health was making it seem, versus, like, what you want and, like, just, you know, being satisfied with your diet, stuff like that. And that's another thing you need to consider just in general with your diet. Like, what are you, like, it's a give-and-take relationship. What are you willing to say... Like, if you really go hardcore and you want to make these, like, significant changes in your body or in your health, you might need to significantly change your diet. But maybe you're like, you know, I'd rather have, like, the option to have more, like, sweets in my life. And, Mm -hmm. like, because I want to do that, I'm willing to sacrifice, like, how long it takes me to achieve some of my, like, health gains. Yeah. And that's totally fine. It's up to you to determine, like, the cost, you know. You don't have to be in a rush. That's honestly probably going to be... Like, the more in a rush you are to try and reach whatever your, hopefully not end goal is, because... It's life. Yeah, it's life that we're in. There's no, like, end goal. Um, I just think, keep that stuff in mind. Like, know where you want to give and take. Again, with intuitive eating, it's about knowing when can I, you know, splurge in moderation on whatever it is that I want to eat, but when am I going to eat healthier? Part of eating intuitively, I think, is, like, also paying attention to how your body feels with, like, the foods you eat. Obviously, you feel better when you eat healthier. That's what keeps me, like, eating healthier because I know that I feel better. Whereas, you know, one, like, bowl of ice cream, though, like, isn't going to hurt me. I like ice cream, so I will admit I'm a nighttime snacker. I like to have either ice cream or popcorn before going to bed pretty much every single night. (laughs) A little fun fact about me. Um, And I'm not afraid to admit that because I enjoy doing that. Some people say I don't eat past 8 o'clock, and I'm not saying that's wrong either. I'm just saying that... I'm not trying to restrict myself. Like, if I'm hungry, I'm hungry, and I'm going to eat. I'm not going to try and, like, reduce my bloating because bloating doesn't really matter. So, like, it's not, like, a sign of being unhealthy, but, like, I think Most some people... Most people just, like, want to reduce bloating because they, like, want to have, like, a bikini stomach. body more of the day. It doesn't like, really matter. Like, you know, I think some people probably have, like, worse bloating than others, so obviously... Which is understandable. It's not wrong to want to minimize that, do whatever you want. I'm just saying that, like... I don't take those extra steps to, like, bloating happens. I eat food, my stomach's going to bloat because, like, that's what happens. When people act like bloating doesn't happen, like, they're just mistaken. Or I see a lot of, like, a lot of girls would be like, 
just be really surprised with like, why am I so bloated? And it's like, like they're they hardly do, like, bloated. A picture at the beginning of the day when you're like not bloated versus like because the end of that, the day where they are bloated and they'll be like, what can I do to like what's not going on? do this? Like your stomach is literally expanding because you put food into it and it has to digest. There's nowhere for it to go. So don't worry about bloating. It doesn't matter. And I'd like, say the only time you really need to worry about bloating is if you're having like gas issues and stuff, but yeah, like, physically, like if you're worried with like how it looks, just don't worry about it. I think we're going to get ready to switch to talking about exercise really quick. Honestly, the biggest thing that I hope you guys take away from the diet portion of this is that there's no right way to eat. You shouldn't focus on, you shouldn't make what you eat based around what someone else is eating because everyone is different. And I think that the more you focus on someone else's diet or the more focus you put on your own diet and what you are or are not allowed to eat, the harder it's going to be to maintain that, which the key to this whole podcast episode is that sustainability is key. Not We're not talking about the environment. Obviously, that's great too. <laughs> but sustainability in terms of being able to keep up with behaviors that are healthy, whether that's eating or exercise, that is what's going to make you a healthier person. That's going to be what makes this into a lifestyle and not a quick fix because quick fixes do not work. And obviously, if you personally are wanting to find ways to help improve your diet that are specific to you, we would recommend probably going to a registered dietitian or a nutritionist. Mm -hmm. These people are trained to help make a personal plan for you that is specific to you, not what your influencer that you watch is doing, not what your friends are doing, specific for you. And that's like truly the best way to come up with a plan for yourself. All right, let's talk about exercise and we're going to start with social media. So I admit, I follow a couple... Actually, do I follow a couple or just Whitney Simmons? I don't you know. You follow Kayla. I actually unfollowed her. I cleared oh. out my following a little bit. Um, Whitney Simmons, I don't think it's bad to follow fitness influencers. I like it. It keeps me motivated, especially if I'm following fitness influencers where like they do the same kinds of workouts I do because, again, it keeps me like trying new things or just like, you know, it's a reminder to say, hey, get to the gym today, like little things mm-hmm. like that. Um, but I also feel like the trend right now, or like the most, most fitness influencers do weight training, AKA like that's all you're going to see. And people that like follow those people, I feel like are going to be encouraged to do weight training, which isn't bad. But again, if you go to the gym and you hate weight training, that just like diet, that's not going to be something you're going to keep doing. You can slowly learn to love it. Like I used to not like it as much as I do now. So I'm not saying to give up on it and just like forget about it because I think weight training is beneficial, but also I think the easiest thing to do if you're like just starting is focusing on what it is that like just think ways to be active. What do you like doing that's active? And that's going to be a good place to start and then venture off into what exercises do I like doing the most and then go from there. Obviously, if you're wanting to start your fitness journey and you don't like if you're not physically active a lot, you want to find things that are fulfilling like your satisfaction for like what you want to do when you work out. So like Megan was saying, if you don't want to go to the gym, maybe don't start by going to the gym. Maybe you like going for bike rides, you know, take your bike out, go for like a five mile bike ride or something. Or let's say you like dancing around your house, like small things like that, where you're being physically active in ways that you enjoy. That's what's going to kickstart your like sustainable long-term fitness journey. Um, also on social media, especially fitness influencers and like people that follow, like people you follow online, like they're probably going to be in some way, shape or form 
an ideal body type in your opinion? You know, that's obviously like dependent on the person, but, and I don't think that's a bad thing. I think that it's wrong to assume that people shouldn't work out at all for aesthetics because I'll admit that I do that too, but I feel like there is a difference between working out for health reasons and for aesthetic reasons. And they can be together, but a lot of times they're not. So a lot of times people see person, and this is for diet too, and I mean, it goes both ways, but people will see a body type that they kind of idolize and say, this person works out this specific way, this person eats this specific way, I'm going to do those exact two things, and eventually I will look like that person. And if you guys... That's not the case. If you guys didn't know, that doesn't really work out because the person probably is not going to stick with either the diet or the exercise that the person is doing, especially if you're starting from someone that hasn't been active or focusing on their diet whatsoever. If you start like doing that out of nowhere, again, you're just not, it's not going to happen. You're not going to stick with that. Not to mention metabolism and like genetics will play, play a huge role. The person that you're looking up to likely has a very different metabolism from you. And they also just have different genetics from you. So that, like the way that your muscle develops is not going to develop necessarily the same way that theirs does. And who knows, maybe like there's a chance that you could be healthier already than the person that you're idolizing, not idolizing, but like looking up to because everyone assumes, and we talked about this in our body positivity episode, everyone assumes that the more fit or not fit because fit looks different on everyone, but the more muscular, just like the ideal body type, I guess, whatever that means to you, the more someone looks like that, then people think like the healthier they must be. It doesn't mean that person's not healthy. There's a chance they could be like both like fit and look how they look and be healthy. In fact, I feel like that is the case for a lot of people, but there's also the case where it's not. Maybe you don't see that that person has an eating disorder behind the scenes. Maybe you don't see like their bad non like habits not related to like if they smoke or if they do drugs, like stuff you can't see that still relates to their health, but you're like, they look so much better. Like they must be better off than I am, blah, blah, blah. But if you're still like the average person that eats okay and exercises on a regular basis but you don't look like that like you're still better off in a health sense than the other person and also one thing to remember is that the people that we follow on social media like yeah they are probably healthy but like you don't have to like go to this extreme to be healthy like they're more likely like on the health on the extreme end of healthy than like what you need to be for better health outcomes or on another like We've, I think me and Sierra have like talked about this before, but just because one person is healthy, you don't have to look at them and say, I'm not healthy. Mm-hmm. Because like when you're on social media and you say, wow, this girl's really pretty, that doesn't make you not pretty. It just means you're not looking at a really good picture of yourself right now. And like, you're just thinking like, I'm just me. Like they look really good in this picture that I'm looking at right now. And I don't look like that, you know? It doesn't. That's why I love when people do those, like, 10-second transformations. Mm-hmm. It really, like, shows how, like, flexing and showing your best angles and, like, the lighting has a huge impact on what people put on social media. Because people, like, typically only put, like, where they look best on social media. And then they'll do those, like, 10-second transformations and be like, oh, look, I'm bloating, I'm slouching, I'm not flexing. And they look like a completely different person. Another important thing to remember is that the people you're following on social media who are your fitness influencers, that is likely their job. And so if you're just like a regular either college student or like nine to five worker, you don't have nearly like the time, the resources, or potentially the money to commit that much to fitness. 
not I'm, saying that you shouldn't like work hard to make ends meet and like yeah. do what you can. That doesn't make it impossible. It just is like be forgiving to yourself and know that you don't have the same circumstances that someone else in that field does because that is like they're able to overlap both being fit with their job and that's something a lot of people cannot do. So for example, Megan and I follow Whitney Simmons. Absolutely love her. I think she posts great workouts. I think if you she's guys a are genuine person. Looking for someone to follow, I'd recommend her. I think we've mentioned her plenty of times. But you have to think she doesn't have a nine to five job to be at. She works out about five times, potentially six times a week, if you include her hot yoga that she does now. <laughs> Me, we're just so like we um, know exactly what she does. But you have to understand that she can work out that much because she has the free time to do so. And I know there's plenty of people that, like, part that of do 9 too, to 5 that will work out that much too. Part of it too is like, that's her job. Like, oh, she has to go record a video. She has to go work out to do mm-hmm. that. You know, it overlaps so much. Obviously, I know she's not like, not every single workout of hers is at the gym, at the gym but also like her working out and being fit and keeping up with that and making content about that is her job and how she makes money. And so she's also motivated in that sense to go mm-hmm. be active and do that because that's her living. It's interesting that it provides another source of motivation. What keeps you motivated to work out? Well, it's my job. So yeah, <laughs> that. Um, I also, because we did talk about aesthetics, I don't want to completely dog on that. I don't think it's wrong to have aesthetic goals. I think it can be a motivating factor. But I think it's only effective when that's your secondary goal and not your primary goal. Because if your primary goal is to have a specific body type and then your only means of doing that is focusing on diet and exercise to get there, as soon as you aren't seeing changes, like you're not seeing the scale drop or you're not seeing yourself getting smaller or whatever it may be, then you lose motivation because in your opinion, it's not working. And then if that was your only goal to be doing that in the first place, then like you're done. It's not working. And so you stop. And then, again, you're not being healthy. And so one of the questions that me and Sierra get asked the most is how we stay motivated to work out. Again, we still have that aesthetic goal. We like how we look. We have, like, certain goals for ourselves, I guess, in that sense. But that's only secondary to being healthy, first and foremost, because I could go on all day about how many benefits there are to working out. Me and Sierra, obviously, like, both studying this to a certain degree, and, like, we've learned a lot about exercise. And so, like, that's where my interest lies. I don't care that much about diet or nutrition. I know I should care more. I just don't. I'm trying to get myself (laughs) to care a little more because I know it's all-encompassing. In fact, I feel like the more I'm learning, I know diet really is more important than I give it credit for. I just am not as interested in it. I just wish it wasn't quite so big of a factor. Right. Wouldn't that be nice? In my opinion, exercising is easier than, you know, nutrition and diet. Like, that's just the easier thing for me to focus on. But I know some people are the opposite and they think that, you know, diet and nutrition is easier and then exercise is just a supplement. So to each their own, I'm just saying that exercise has so many benefits. I know eating well, it does too. I'm just like, I care more about exercise. So that's what I'm going to talk about. Um, Obviously, long-term, exercising on a regular basis, um, ideally 150 minutes a week. I just took a class on this, so that's why I'm saying that. 150 Um, minutes a week of aerobic exercise plus at least two strength strength. Oh my God, strength training days. (laughs) So um, just in that sense, you're going to have better health outcomes with that. But even like, I'm not worried about like, I don't have high blood pressure right now. I don't have type two diabetes or anything, but like exercise has the power to like treat those even on a daily basis. Like as soon as you work out, your blood pressure gets lower after you work out. So some people with high blood pressure will like work out or do little things like that are active multiple times a day to help treat their high blood pressure. 
I just think that's really cool that you have the power to do that and it's like instantaneous. Um, I believe also like after you work out, your blood sugar drops and so like people use that to maintain like, or like your blood sugar doesn't, it drops in the sense that like when you exercise, it it goes into your cells and stuff and so then your blood sugar goes back to normal levels. Like I just think it's really cool that exercise, exercise, like it's sort of medicine. And so again, that's my motivating factor. I think that I just have... I know how important it is to me to be around for a long time and to have the best quality of life that I can when I'm older. And that all starts now or like the foundation to the habits that I'm creating, like that starts now because it's not just going to happen when I'm, you know, down the line when I'm 40 and like now I have to care about it. That's another big thing for me. Like I want to like maintain the functional health that I have. Uh, functional health for us means like just being able to like do the things that you want to do in your life without any troubles and like that gets so important as you get older because obviously like as you age you naturally like lose your muscle mass you can get arthritis like moving just becomes more difficult and I see like our grandparents they're so active for their age so much and like I'm just so thankful for that because I see so many other people's grandparents either like using walkers or in wheelchairs and they don't have the ability to do nearly as much with their grandparents whereas like we can go to our lake house with our grandparents they like go on boat rides with us like we've gone on vacations with them the past two summers like they're able to do things and that's just like something that I really value and I look and, up like, to them in that sense it's crazy how like their physical fitness has had like such a profound impact on like the relationship we have with them yeah because like, they're able crazy. to do that stuff and so I know you guys are probably like, that is so long term, it's crazy. But that's what but that really need. is. Like, that's what motivates me. And like, it's at this point, maybe if you don't work out, that sounds crazy because you're like, I don't foresee how that could make me motivated enough to start working out now. Yeah, they're like, I don't care about my grandkids at this 15. <laughs> but at the same time, it's not like that is my goal. That's why I do what I do. But at the same time, it's, it's not only, what she thinks about every day. It's only made it so that it's such a natural part of my lifestyle that I don't think about that every day. I just know that that's kind of like the driving force if I like were to think of a reason. But like I easily like can get myself to work out three or four times a week just because like I know I need to and because it's as much a part of my life as you know eating on a daily basis because like. <laughs> You just have to do those things, you know? Yeah. Like, that's how it feels to me when I'm working out. And that doesn't mean going to the gym for everyone. It just means that I know I need to be, like, active in some way. And so, for me, that's going to the gym. But that not like that's not what it is for everyone. One thing to remember is that you need to be forgiving for yourself. If you go on vacation, you need to understand that, like, your diet and your exercise might not be 100%. Megan and I, we just said we went to our family's lake house for a week. We didn't really work out Mm-mm. when we were there. Like, other than skiing and whatever lake activities but our diet we said like we didn't go out to eat but like we also like had a lot of snacks and stuff and like you need to just forgive yourself life is too short to like get stuck on like what you did for one week you need to just like move forward that's all you can do is just like focus on how you're going to improve in the future be active when you can and like eat healthy when you can but also one of the worst things you can do is focus on times that you like failed because then you only focus on that when you can easily move forward. You know, one week doesn't make that much of a difference. We were on vacation. We were enjoying ourselves. And so move on from it. I don't have any regret towards that last week of like not working out or snacking more. Not any regret whatsoever, Mm -hmm. because what's the point of that? I can only move forward and continuing, like continue on with what I do regularly. If I just forget about it and move on, it was like in the past I'm moving forward now that's why it's so important to build a routine when you're in like your normal 
like everyday habit habitat is what I said. <laughs> everyday <laughs> habits. Um, because you're not going to be in your like daily routine all the time. You go on vacations, life happens, things change, but then you need to be ready to like hop back on to like where you were and continue the habits that you like previously built and like don't worry about the relapse. Don't even call it a relapse. Just like it's not a relapse. It's just hop a back different, on to where you were. You were busy for a couple days and now you're back on it. I really hope like the main thing that I want to get across in this podcast is that I feel like some people when they look at this health and fitness journey that they're about to embark on, they overdo it. They think it's too unreachable or they think that they have to make so many changes all at once. And I think that's more harmful than it is helpful because that's not going to last. Do little things. Make little changes to your diet. Start being more active. Take the stairs instead of the escalator. Um, like just little things like that. Start parking your car farther away when you're at a store so you walk farther to the store and you walk farther back out to your car. Like little things like that. Maybe just have a goal to... Oh, Sierra mentioned when you're like mm-hmm. coming up with this podcast, you can take it So this also like has to do with a class that we just took, but... Because, like, starting your fitness journey can be such, like, a daunting task and setting outcome-based goals can be, like, really, I don't know what the right word is, but, like, when you don't reach them, you feel unmotivated and you might just, like, quit working out and stuff or, like, quit eating healthy. Set uh, behavioral goals first. So, like, say, I want to work out two times this week or three times this week. And don't overdo that. It has to be a smart goal. Yeah, it has to be. you learned about a smart goal. Yeah. Go back to elementary school. Relook that up if you don't remember. Uh, make an attainable behavior-based goal. And because it's a behavior, it's something that you can physically control whether or not you do. You can't say, oh, I'm going to like lose five pounds in X amount of time because you don't know for sure if that's going to happen. So start by saying, I'm going to work out two times this week or I'm going to not go out to eat at all this week. Like things that you can physically say like, yes, this will or will not happen. I feel like honestly you can't even tar- you, you can't even start too small on that because you can always build up from there. But what's hard is when you set a goal that is too far beyond what you're capable of because you overestimated your capabilities of something and then you're like, "Oh, that was too much and I already failed and I thought like just start small." And if you think you could reach one thing, maybe maybe even start just like a little smaller than that because you can always build back up to this. This is not supposed to be like changes don't have to be fast. Because if this is a lifestyle change that you're working on, the slower, honestly, like, not like slowest, like like the snail, like go like at a <laughs> reasonable pace, but you're also not in a hurry. You're not in a race. Like it's only about yourself and making sure you're doing it for yourself where the changes will last. And that is the key to making healthier changes and living a healthier lifestyle in my personal opinion. Because even Megan and I, we don't have really like any outcome goals at all Mm-mm. like my goal is always just try to work out three or four times this week try and to eat pretty healthy like it really is as simple as that at least at this point in our lives obviously I know that's different for, for people who are just starting out and like maybe do have a couple more goals they want to reach along the way that's not a bad thing it's just that you know you do kind of want to get to a point where you're just like this is just my life and I feel good and I am happy and hopefully anyways you know that's the goal and like another thing that I want to kind of like finish this on is like it shouldn't be like oh are you someone that like works out because I've had people that's a mm -hmm. like bring up before this was like when we were in our elevator like of our dorm and like we were wearing like we had I think just gotten back from working out and someone in the elevator was like oh do you like work out and I thought that was such a weird question because I was like 
do you not work out, like, ever? (laughs) It really does kind of blow my mind. And I know that people like this exist, obviously. Like, even, for example... We're not trying to, like, shame anyone for doing this. It's just that I want... I guess it's so... Working out is such a huge part of my life, and it has been for a few years now. Even, like, gymnastics, I only did gymnastics. And then towards the end of high school, we did start going to a gym. And then since then, I've always, like, pretty consistently been going to a gym. And so... Like, knowing that people, like, legitimately go, like, months without, like, doing an actual legit workout just kind of blows my mind because, again, that's just not where I'm at in my lifestyle. I don't understand that, but and like regardless their own. of your fitness levels, like, I know there's some people that are like, well, I'm just not, like, a workout kind of person. Like, I don't work out. Working out is for everyone. It really is. Like, I can't you're stress. supposed to move your body. That's what your body's for. <laughs> like, there's... Absolutely. Other than I will say, obviously, exercise addiction is a thing. Overtraining is a thing. Got to get those out of the way. But other than that, exercising is only beneficial. Again, besides those two things. (laughs) But anytime you exercise, even one time, multiple times, making it a lifestyle thing is only beneficial to you. And I know that's easier said than done because if it was as easy as that, everyone would be working out like consistently. I just hope that that can provide you enough motivation to know that Like, you don't have to become, like, the person that goes to the gym three times a week. Just do things. Like, be active. Do little things, like I was saying earlier, because anything is better than nothing. And that's, like, I can't stress that enough. I think that's pretty much all we had to cover for this episode. Hopefully, you guys got something out of this. If you did, I would love to know what your favorite part was. We probably have a post up on our according to Instagram. I want to add, because I thought what I mentioned about the What the Health documentary earlier was kind of interesting, I want to know if you guys have watched that documentary, if you knew kind of what I said about how the stats were not 100%, like what they're like intended to be for, if that makes sense. They're not portrayed like, quite yeah. accurately. Let me know what your thoughts are on that or just like something related to the documentary because I'd be interested in knowing what you guys thought because it's a pretty controversial documentary so I want some more people's opinions on it but also talk about anything from this episode and please rate this episode or sorry not this episode this podcast on iTunes give us five Um, stars we would love that or whatever you're feeling but hopefully it's good um if you have any constructive criticism feel free to leave a review let us know what we can or can't do better and I think that also if you guys let us know kind of what your favorite episodes are that we do on this podcast then we can do more start making more of those and like come up with more ideas for that so let us know all the information dm us um on instagram at according to and we will we will talk to you guys in our next episode Bye. bye